Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We are not doing this, however, without considering the works we are committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Good evening. How's everybody doing? Well, welcome to midweek. I want to start off um, tonight asking a few questions of you. You know, I'm doing kind of a a little topic on learning how to lead. And again, I hope all of you see yourself leading in some way or another. I mean, you lead maybe people at work, you lead family, you lead by example to others around you. All of us have this uh, leadership quality if it's in the right arena. I mean, there are kids who are leaders uh, as well as adults. And so hopefully you see yourself as leading, even if it is as a Christ follower, leading people to an understanding of who God is because of your knowledge of who his son is that gives you insight into the character and heart of God. And so I want to ask a couple of questions. First, I want to ask, what is it that you do that makes you feel alive? In other words, when you do this, it just makes you feel uh, revived. It, you know, it gives you vitality. It, it gives you energy. It's something, you know, there are certain things you do and it's the opposite, right? You take the trash out. I just got to take the trash out or painting. My energy level goes from 100 to zero in a second if I have to do painting or working on automobiles. Um, But what is it that when someone says, oh, this is what I want you to do, or you have the potential or the opportunity to do something, what is it that if you do this, it really just makes you feel alive? Painting makes you feel alive. Well, okay. Okay. I'm just painting houses, walls, and things. Oh, okay. Ballroom dancing, okay. Any others? Your job? Now, what are the things what are the things you love about it? Do you love the interaction with the people? Do you love the having a schedule, having to meet the schedule? What is it that you love? <laughs> I love that picture you posted of the truck that was all filled up with all those boxes, except one corner. There was one missing in that box. (laughs) Now, what was your top strength in the Strengths Finder? Yeah, I don't have it with me right now. Put it back on me. Yeah. So you love that kind of... Let me ask you guys something. By hearing Colleen talk about this, could you sense her energy from this? Do you you get a sense of, oh, she kind of brightened up. She started talking a little faster, right? She started explaining things a little bit more. In other words, it was easy for you to talk about this because that sense of feeling alive, okay? If we are going to be in positions of leading, that's an important quality, 
having that life be a part of what it is that we're doing. You see, she, she wasn't just talking about something. She was excited about something. And it showed in her countenance. It showed in her speech. It showed in her mannerisms. It showed in all those things started to be uh, affected by... <laughs> be affected by the fact that this is something that she loves to do and it showed in her just talking about it. And this is an important part of leadership that I think we need to understand that if it's not connected to our hearts in a passion of what we want to do, then the energy oftentimes can wane. It can become a labor. It becomes something that we do because we have to do it, but it's not something we just love doing. Anyone else have something that they think of? Well, this man, I do this, I just feel alive. I love doing this. Yes, Lori. Great. Which leads me to another question about the things that motivate you are they creating or are they consuming? In other words, are you doing something constructive or are you doing something that is just consuming for yourself? And this is an important thing because if you're going to lead, there has to be some form of constructive, creative process to it. In other words, it's like, oh, my life just is a glow when I'm, you know, at the beach doing nothing. It's like, well, that's wonderful. And I want you to enjoy the beach. We were at the beach Sunday. And I want you to enjoy that. But if that's what you're living for, you're really not going to lead anybody except yourself to a nice tan, right? You're, you're going to have that effect, but understand that that's different than, say, what Lori just shared, like helping out other people or what Colleen says, organizing a group of people. See, those things are constructive. Those things are creative. They're, they're creating the dynamic between other people. And so one of the things to ask is if what really energizes me is connected to that constructive process or is it just a consuming process? Because if it's just consuming, something just for you, then there's a good chance you're not really leading. Just being honest. It doesn't mean that you're stuck and that's all that you're going to be. I just want you to see that. Because if your heart's passion is to get away from people and to go to Montana, nothing wrong with Montana, just that's where I think people go who don't want to connect to other people, right? I want to live on a farm in Montana and not have any interaction with anybody. Just me and my dog and the horses and the mountains. If there are mountains in Montana, I don't even know. Um, that's a beautiful life, but you're not leading. You might lead your animals. You might lead your kids. That's fine. But you're not going to be in a position where you're leading other people because your whole point is to escape. And this is one of the things I've always felt challenged with, with people who say, you know, oh, I just got to get out of the city and I got to get away. My kids, they're so being influenced by, you know, the world around us. It's like, yeah, that's the whole point is to be an influence to the world around us. And so much of our mentality sometimes as Christians is to escape. And we don't realize that as leaders, we're actually needing to step in to change if we're going to take on that role. Again, I'm not saying that you have to. I'm not saying that you're less of a person if you live in Montana. Um, all I'm saying, if you're taking on this thought of, I want to lead, it involves other people, at least in the area of any kind of uh, Christian leadership. It's always going to be about people. It's never going to be about just things. It's going to always be about the influence it has on people. And so if those things aren't there, it just is giving you insight into what's happening in you. And so if you're thinking, yeah, I want to be a leader, but then the passion of your life is to get away, you have something going on there that needs to be looked at. And that's kind of what we want to talk about a little bit tonight also. Also, let me ask you this. The things that you're passionate about now, 
10 years ago, were they the same passion that they are now? Colleen, was it the same passion? Well, you kind of said it wasn't, right? And so it's not uncommon for our passions to change. It's not uncommon for the things that motivate us to grow and to evolve into different things. And so right now you might be passionate about, you know, I really want to see people who are in, say, like Lori said, uh, a place where they're in a difficult situation as a mom without the resources. But in five years, Lori's passion might change, and now it's all about something else. That's fine. We grow, we change, and those passions and those things that motivate us change too. The things that will stay the same is that it will still be constructive if it's going to be leading. It'll still be something that helps to develop or create something rather than just consuming. Those things will maintain the same posture no matter what the arena is. And, And these things change, right? I mean, 15 years ago, I'd say maybe 15 years ago, music. It was all about the music. I I was that, you know, musical director, church worship leader, and all I could do was listen to songs all day, learn songs. I, I would put together, you know, CDs and give them out to the team, have practices once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on what was going on always trying to develop things in that area, learning new songs, going, taking vocal lessons, trying to do things to better my skills, uh, reading material on worship, going to worship conferences. Those things just thrilled me. I was passionate about those things. And then they started to change. And as things changed, I no longer just wanted to be involved with the music. I actually wanted to connect people more to God in giving them understanding. And that's kind of what shifted me from where I was to where I'm at now. It was a change. Not one's better than the other. It was a a growth in my life. But my life is still growing. I'm still moving forward. What will I be in 10 years? I don't know. But I hope I still grow, and I hope wherever I grow to, that this passion continues to be there, that this creativity, this development, this constructive process in the lives of others continues to develop, that it never becomes, okay, I've done enough now, I'm going to sit back and I'm done. I've led as much as I can lead, and I'm done now. I'm going to go fly fishing, you know. I'm just, nothing wrong with fly fishing. It's just if that's all I want to do, then I'm not going to be a leader. If I want to teach people how to fly fish, there, that's an art. And so I want you to think about the things that you're passionate about, whether they're constructive or consuming. I want you to think about where they were and where they are. And I want, to th- I want you to think about how when you're passionate about something, it's easy. It's easy for you to be involved with. It's easy for you to participate in. And so then what is it that you can be leading in that gives you that life? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 Jesus speaking, and he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. 
as Jesus is talking and trying to give an illustration again about our hearts and the things that we possess ultimately become, bless you, the things that possess us. The things that you possess ultimately can become the things that possess you. So the things that you desire most are the things that you will give yourself to most and the things that will begin to own you. And so the question again comes, what owns you? What are you passionate about? What are you giving yourself towards that is holding on to your life? Because whether you recognize it or not, that's what's happening. And so you can have a a clear indication of where you are right now by seeing the things that you are passionate for, the things that you desire the most, the things that you are putting stock in the most, the things that consume your thinking the most. Guess what? Those are the things that own you the most. What are those things? And you don't have to share them out here, but I want you to see that that is where we find out where our heart is. That's where we find out where our heart is in relationship to what God is doing and even the things that we want to do. Lord, I would like to be this. Well, what is the passion of your life? Because you will never get there if you're pursuing here. Because you're going in two different directions. You know, Lord, I want to develop a great teaching. Yeah, but I spend all my time playing video games. Right? That won't work. You've got to invest in learning if you're going to grow in this area. God, I really want to develop a a marriage ministry and see people who are married get healthy and stuff. Well, that will never happen if you're always at the gym and not spending time in your own relationship. And if all you care about is this and it's not with what you're wanting to do, there's going to be a problem. And so think about what is it that you want to do and what is it that really takes up your thought process? Are they congruent? Are are they consistent? Or is there a divide? Because Jesus is telling us that We can't have both those things. And he tells us not to put stock on the things that basically waste away. He's telling us to invest in things that won't fade, that won't rust, that thieves can't break in and steal. So what are those things? What are the things, the treasures that can't be stolen? What do you think? What are some things that can't be stolen? Love. Love. Relationships. Relationships. Your faith. So these things usually have to deal with relationships. You usually have to deal with others. It's always about God and one another, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is the single great commandment. Even though there's two things, they're one. So if that is the things that don't fade, then that's where we are supposed to put our effort. That's where we're supposed to put our energy. That's where we have to invest if we don't want these things to be taken up and to start to fade away. And it's important then to see those things and see as a part of our life that we're moving in that direction. You know, there is... A social self, and then there's a true self. And we see that probably more today than at any other time with, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and those kinds of things. You see Instagram, and you see a social representation. You know, this is the things that, you know, are appealing. You know, no one posts the ugly pictures of themselves. They're always the best pictures of themselves. Oh, no, take that one down. Why? Because it looks bad. 
it actually looks like you. You know, yeah, but it looks bad. You know, we want to present a social image that people understand. And then there's the real image. And the same thing's true, I think, in our hearts and relationship with God. There is the life we want to be known as in our relationship with God that we maybe even present here at church. And then there's the real us that we go home with. And, and I think part of what Jesus is wanting to do is to unite those, to make the true self also the social self, so that who you really are is what you really can present because it's beautiful. And it's difficult because that's, where growth has to take place is what I want to be and who I really am and having to draw those lines and really admit that, you know what? I love some things that fade away. I love some things that the thief can break in and steal. I I am a terrible person when it comes to wanting gadgets. I love gadgets. I've got this thing and I every now and then I think about it and it's like, why did I get this? It's just so, I, do, I don't need it, but I love it. And it's this thing where when I get up out of bed, there's a motion detector that will detect when my feet hit the floor and a little LED light strip lights up at night so I can see the floor at night. I think it is the most wonderful thing. But it is like, why do I like this so much? Every night when I get up, it's like, yes. I can see, and and I feel this illumination, and it's just a light strip, but it brought me so much joy when I got that. Even my son the other day was in the room, he goes, whoa, what's that? That's so cool, and I go, yeah, isn't it? It's like such a cool thing, and then sometimes I just feel embarrassed by even sharing it with you that this is something that I thought was so cool, and there are things like that that I just love, like the shower speaker so that I can listen to my podcasts in the shower, okay? I love that thing. Now, I could listen to it outside with the other speaker I had, but I had to get one that was waterproof so that I could have it there in my shower and I could control it. Why? I don't know. I'm confessing to you guys, right? These are things that are just kind of that, I want this. And they're not things that are of value at all. But they're easy. They're, especially Amazon Prime makes them easy, okay? It, it, it's a terrible thing, Amazon Prime, that I, I have given myself over to. And, and so these are the kinds of things that we start to identify with that starts to give us a fulfillment, starts to make us feel good, and you start looking at the things that make you feel this way. Well, what about the relationship with my kids, my grandkids, Well, I could spend more time with them. Well, I could do more with that. Well, I could do that. And that's a lot harder, especially with them sometimes, right? They can be difficult. But that's where I really need to invest because that's where things really are lasting. Those are the relationships that go on and develop. It was a year ago today that Tori came to live with us. I have this reminder on my phone that comes and shows me all the posts that I did from, you know, back up to, I think, some of them seven years back. And it was a year ago today, I took this picture of her and Savannah swinging their arms coming from the airport. And it was like, wow, it's been a year. I've had this 11-year-old in my house for a year. Have I invested as much time in her as I have in Amazon Prime? Have I spent as much time and money to see her do well as I have on these other things? See where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. And so it's just telling me what's really going on. And we have to see those things and be able to identify with them and and say, okay, this is what it is. What is it that I want it to be? Because Jesus' words here aren't to finalize where you're at. There to enlighten you. When he's telling us this, he's wanting to sway us. He's wanting to sway us to see that there's a better way to live and a better way to do these things. And as he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, 
your whole body will be full of light. How you see your world. Again, it goes back to this consumption or this creativity. How you see things will determine how you act. If you see things in a way where you can just get, it's dark. If you see things in a way that is going to build up and last, that's light. And that's what we're wanting to see take place because wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's important to recognize the value of this position. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Keep your heart or guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. What does it mean to be true to your heart? What is your true heart? And what are you going to be guarding? You know, one of the things that happens in organizations like churches, organizations bend towards self-preservation. And so what starts to happen is as the church grows and develops, it has needs. I have to have, you know, a salary. We have to pay the rent. Um, We have to pay the electricity. We have to get sound equipment. We have to do these things. And pretty soon, those things that we need to keep going become the focus of what keeps things moving. And so I was listening to one pastor and he was talking about how he began to change how he was thinking. He began to grow. But you see, his church wasn't growing with him. And pretty soon he was like, if I'm going to be honest to what's happening in me, it's going to be a conflict with where I'm at. And so he had to leave the church that he was at, which was a mega church, because it was in conflict with what he was now inside. And he was sharing this with another pastor who was a part of a big church. The pastor said, tell me this, these things that you're talking about, they're interesting. And as he started telling him about it, the pastor all of a sudden shut down because he realized that if I move towards this, it is going to destroy everything that I have built. And now the organization is self-preserving, even though the heart of that pastor has grown past it. And, and I mean, those are some of the things that happen in our lives. That happened to me in a sense. I just realized I can't keep doing the things that I'm doing. It's not who I am. I need to do more. Otherwise, it, it's against what I believe God is doing in my life. And if I wouldn't have done it because, well, self-preservation, you know, I need this job, I need this salary, I need this comfort, this security, then it would have destroyed my heart. It would have destroyed the things that were trying to grow within me. And pretty soon the treasure would have been the money, it would have been the things, and that would have taken rule over me it would have been so much easier to go that way. It would have been so much easier to stay in some ways, but it would have been destructive. And so sometimes growth is going to cause change within you to move to a place where your preservation of how things are gets a little bit shifted, where you start to feel a little bit uncomfortable It should happen to us on occasion. It should happen even in our relationships. It's like, you know, we're growing, but we're not growing together. We need to change things. Otherwise, it's going to stay the same. And if it stays the same, it's kind of dying. So every now and then there has to be a little wake-up call that says, hey, do you want this to get better or are you going to settle? To get better, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some conversations. It's going to cost you some things that might be uncomfortable. Are you willing to go there to see it get better? Or does that cost too much? See, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Yes, Lori. (laughs) 
Well, I, I think it's very true. Change is difficult. And tra- change is always going to be a difficult thing, but change is a necessary thing if we are going to grow. Okay? And if our hearts are going to grow, there has to be change that takes place within our hearts. And so are we open to that change? Are we willing to move forward with where we need to grow and go even though it's going to be difficult? Because what are our choices? We either conform to something because now the organization or whatever it is is what's most important or is it what's happening in our hearts? You see, I need to be vigilant about my heart because that's where the wellspring of life comes. This is where the relationship of God develops is here within me. And so I'm in a a circumstance. Well, can the circumstance change? Is it a job? Yes, the job can change. Is it a family? No, family can't change. They're your family. You're stuck with them the rest of your life, right? I mean, and, and that's an important thing because I think if we could just change family, then we would. You know, same thing with marriages. Well, we could just change them. Every time they got difficult, we'd just get another one. Some people do. So it's meant to have a commitment that pushes us to say, okay, how can I deal with this? And then, of course, there are times when it can't be dealt with. Okay, this isn't a dualistic thinking where it's either this or that. Life's too complicated. We all know that. Okay, there are always circumstances that are unique. But... There's a precedent that is supposed to take place to challenge us so that we do what we can in the circumstance that we're in to do whatever is possible so that we grow in relationship to the things that last, the things that bring light, the things that are going to develop and help us to move forward. And so... It's really important when the psalmist says, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. What is he saying? He's saying, God, I want a heart that doesn't consume. I want a heart that wants to be constructive, that wants to grow, and it wants to develop in my relationship with you and in my relationship with others. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. If your treasure is in your love for God, your love for people, that's where your heart will be. If your treasure is in Amazon or your work or a church or a position, then that's where your heart will be. And understanding, sometimes it even is in a, a perception. My, my treasure is in what people think of me. I want people to think good of me. I want people to think I'm successful. I want people to think that my ministry is great. I want people to think that my job is the best job in the world or my life is the best life in the world. If that's what's most important to you, then that's where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. And some of those things can get pretty dark. And the point again is to illuminate. Because I believe there's a little darkness in all of us, you guys. I believe there's some treasure that we all have in places that we really need to just dump it. Not getting rid of my lights I don't need to yet, but I do need to check my heart. I do need to check those places that are a little dark and see what's going on here, what's important to me, and how can I make what should be important to me more important to me? Because if you're going to lead, you have to be true to the things that God is putting on your heart. And you have to allow him to develop and grow those things. You need to allow those things to be placed in the right position. You can't lead anyone if your treasure is in things that are corrupting. All you'll do is lead them into the same position. And so we need to be growing in these areas because this is what's going to develop and last. These are the things that can either make or break us. 
Any thoughts or questions? Lori. I think at the heart of what Jesus is talking about here are indeed the choices we make. And I think accountability to choices we make is an important thing. Reaping what we sow is an important thing. Um, Just had a conversation with someone uh, talking about some of the decisions that they've made have narrowed their possibilities. In other words, because you have done this, you've taken away these options of your life. And so instead of just telling them, don't do this because this is wrong, because what they did was wrong, is helping them to see that because you do this, you have now eliminated these things, these choices, these possibilities from your life. And, and so, yeah, helping people, even if they're in the circumstance that you're in now, doesn't mean the choices have stopped and you don't have still the opportunity to make choices. You know, your friend who was, you know, drinking or using drugs and said, when's the right time to talk about God? Well, it always is because there's always choices that can be made. And so, again, the whole idea comes down to the fact that no matter where we are, we have to be responsible for the choices that we make because that determines the outcome that we're going to have. And I think Jesus is, you know, pressing us on where your treasure is, your heart is also, is helping us to see that the decisions that we start giving ourselves over to start to become the things that start to own us. And so responsibility is very important, whether it's to a person who's drinking. Well, are you responsible in your drinking or is your drinking irresponsible? If it's a person who's parenting, are you a responsible parent or are you being irresponsible? If it's in a business owner, are you responsible or are you being irresponsible? Are you cheating, lying, doing those things? All these things come to a place where the choices we make start to affect the life we have. And this is really what's more important than just the don't do this, do do this. That's why I love how Jesus gives these examples that can include so many things, right? You know, don't put your treasure where moth can eat or where rust can take place or thieves can break in and steal. That includes a whole lot of things. The whole point is these are all temporary. Instead, put your treasure in heaven. What is he talking about? Well, again, we kind of talked about it. He's talking about our faith. He's talking about our relationship with others, our relationship with God, things that actually do last. We kind of talked about that last week. He who does the will of God abides forever. What does that mean? It's investing in lives, not just, you know, going to church. And so all these things have to do with being responsible with the life that we've been given. And with that responsibility then has the potential to have a life that is connected to God himself. And that's what we want. That's why we're here. We're here because we want to put treasure in the right place. Okay, well then where am I putting my treasure? Oh, that's where I got to do that little heart searching and see what, what am I spending most of my time thinking about? What am I spending most of my time desiring? What is most of my time focused on? Because that's where my heart is. I need to own that. I need to see that. And then I need to see where I need to make adjustments. I mean, that's what we were talking about before. As we got together, we talked about how, you know, if we see the things that are a part of our lives and we are able to list the things that are happening. You know, why am I lazy? Well, because it's easier than being active, because I feel, you know, more in control when I do these things than when I do these things. We start giving the pluses to the things that are are seeing the value of what we think is valuable to the negatives in our life. Then we start saying, oh, this is why I do these things. But now what are the consequences to those things? Well, now I'm not productive. Now I am being destructive. Now I am being consuming. And then you start to see yourself as being in charge of these things instead of those things just being you. And now I can say, I don't want to do these things because I don't want the outcome that these things bring. I'm going to choose these other things because I want to change these outcomes. And I think that's what Jesus is doing here. He's telling us, you know, you invest in a treasure. What is that treasure? Because that's what you are in charge of. 
That's your treasure to invest in. Just like I told this person recently, your choices are an investment into your future. And right now, this choice you made, this is the future that comes with that choice. You don't like it, so you need to make different choices. Otherwise, this is just going to get smaller and smaller. Your world is going to start to close in on you because you keep making choices that take away your freedoms. And pretty soon, you're left with your choices, and it's that list on the left that's all just the bad stuff. You know, and so we need to make the choices that lead to things that are going to be healthy and productive in this area. And that's why how you see your world, you know, are you seeing these things in the right way? Do you see the destructive choices? Do you see the investment in the things that don't last? Do you see you're wanting things that are a consuming mentality instead of a creating mentality? Do you see where your heart is? Because if you don't, how dark is that? How dark is it to be blind to your own heart's condition? And this is something that I think always illuminates in our lives. This is, again, the progression. This is the evolution of ourselves, how we move from place to place because God is still working in our lives and doing something new and new and new and allowing that to take place and affect us. Any other thoughts? Well, yeah, I think definitely. No, and I I think that's a real, uh, it's a realistic question to kind of put on the table of what about responsibilities? And we all have them, right? We have to go to work. We have to do things that are maybe not something we're passionate, love to do this thing, but I got to do it. You know, I've got to, yeah. Yeah, but it's not something that I'm passionate like I am, you know, doing this other thing. Like I love to give talks, but I don't like to have talks with the family, right? You know, it's like, well, I like these talks, but I don't like these talks over here. And so the thing is that it still just becomes something that you have to do. And so you take that responsibility as a responsibility, but you don't lose the passions for the things that you still want to develop and you have to work them in with one another. Um, It's something that I think is always going to change. You know, it changed when our kids were small and they required so much attention. Then they became older, required a different kind of attention. There's never been a time where they haven't required attention. You know, you have grandkids and now you have to help your kids because they have kids. That requires a certain kind of attention. You know, and so it's always developing and it's always changing. And so what's happening even with your mom, that's going to change, become something else. But there's still things that you get to do that really just make, man, I love doing this. You know, and you find ways to do that when you can, how you can, how you can integrate them, if they can be integrated in some ways, but you have to be responsible. Yeah, definitely have to be responsible. This, this isn't, you know, paradise where we get to go and just do whatever we want. Well, and it's meant to, let's face it, it is hindering, but it's necessary. It's not only necessary because of them, it's necessary for what God needs to do in you, okay? But it's hindering the things that I want to do, but it doesn't mean it's not necessary for what needs to be done in me. And again, uh, we can't have that dichotomy mentality, oh, this is bad, this is good. No, this is difficult, but it's still good. But I think that one of the things, and this would probably be like, if I were to give a caution, and I'm not doing this towards you necessarily, but in general, sometimes what happens is when these things that we have to do are happening, a lot of times we allow them to take away the passion of the things that we want to do, okay? And it's like, I really want to do these things. I can't do them like I would like to. I'm just not going to do them. And it's too hard because I've got this requirement. And that's where these things can start to steal the passion because of energy. We've only got so much energy. But that's why doing those things is important because it actually creates energy. 
you know, where if it's like, oh, I can't do that anymore because this is so consuming. Well, maybe if you did it a little, it would just spark the ability to do it a little bit more. And yeah, then, you know, I'd have to back down because now I'm exhausted because I did it too much. You know, it's kind of a give and take and ebb and flow. But I, I think that's an important thing because at least with me, there's times where I've just like, okay, this is all I can do and I'm kind of tired. I mean, there's been times where I've just really feel like I've checked out. You know, because of things that go on, it just has drained me. And this is all I can give. And I really don't want to push into doing more because I'm exhausted. And I feel, you know, beaten up. I feel like the world has, you know, just knocked me down and drugged me for a while. And I just don't want to deal with it anymore. And then it's like, I'll just die if I stay here. You know what I mean? It's like, so I need to push in. And yeah, it's not what I could do if I didn't have these other things. But I've got to push towards those things still. And so that would kind of be like an encouragement for, yeah, the responsibilities. I mean, I, I think that's true in relationships as well. You know, if you're in a difficult relationship, and I know we all know people here who are or have been, you know, it takes up a lot of energy to be in that relationship, to try and push through and get things to be better. The danger is to give up and not try when there's the possibility. The hard thing in a relationship is if you try and the other person doesn't, right? And that's where the hurt takes place. And and so doesn't mean though, okay, I'm going to stop wanting the other things and being passionate. But boy, sometimes that just puts you through the blender. It just takes your life and it drags you down and it it takes your energy and it's hard, okay? But you have to fight for those things as much as you can and then sometimes it comes out good. Sometimes it requires more, you know? I mean, sometimes with kids, it's like, oh, they're struggling. Okay, and it seems like, oh, man, they're struggling more and it just takes more attention. Oh, now it takes even more attention and it seems like your energy level gets depleted and depleted and depleted but we got to be careful that we don't let it dissipate and give in to that and say, okay, I quit. I can't do this anymore. And I think that happens to a lot of people as they get older. You know, it's just like Abraham, or not Abraham, it was um, Jacob. You know, he says, my years are long and they've been hard. It's like, what a terrible thing to say at the end of your life. You know, my years are long and it's been difficult. That's the end of my life. Like, wow, that's a great outlook. It's how sad. You know, no, it's like, look at all the promises that God did. But at the end of his life, it's like, no, it's just been hard and difficult. And I don't think that was a positive point in Jacob's life. I think that was like, no, you kind of surrendered to those things. And we see it happen a lot when people get older because we get beat up, we get exhausted. And how do we stop that? I think we just have to keep on investing. Anyway, that got deep. Um, that was good. Any other thoughts? Thank you for that. That was very good. (laughs) Kids usually are. They usually are the most difficult things and the most rewarding things at the same time. Go figure. Um, And again, moving, progression, developing is always part of your life. It's going to be as she gets older, your relationship is going to change with her. It's going to change who you are. What you can do is going to depend on what she needs. Uh, I mean, all those things are a part of the future that you are not going to be able to control. But what you can control is the things that you are passionate for and the things that you can give yourselves to in the space that you have. You know, no, I never knew how much patience I could have until I had kids. I really... I mean, it, 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 it forced me to a place I never could have gone myself. And life does that. I think life is meant to. And I think that's a, a great illustration we can close on, just is the, the amount of energy that it costs to devote to a child is, can't be measured, but how it develops you and how it gives you. I mean, I still look back and it's like, how did we do all the things we did with the four kids? How did I go to all those little league games and practices and 
music band practices and then the, you know, how did we have time to do all those things? But we did, right? Was it easy? Oh, no. You know, I'm still tired thinking about those things, but we did it. And it's like, why? Because we had passion for our kids. You know, we wanted to see them do well. We wanted to see these things happen. And so we invested and we invested and we invested. And it's amazing. I had no idea how we could have, but we did because the circumstances, the passion, all those things worked to a place where this is what you got to do. So you got to do it. And then you got to keep on loving. You got to keep on growing. and You got to keep on moving forward. You know, it's something that you just have to do. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> On that note, let's pray. And Father, I do pray that we would guard our hearts. We would be vigilant, Lord, that we would recognize the life you have given us and that it is sacred. And Lord, we'd also uh, understand that there are things that we can invest in that are going to be light to our soul and there are things that we can give ourselves to that will bring darkness to our soul help us father to distinguish those things help us to see those things and i pray that you would help us to move forward in a way that brings light i do pray for everyone here father the struggles that i know we are in some of us i know specifically some indirectly but God, there are serious struggles that are taking place. There are serious uh, battles taking place within our hearts and the choices we're having to make that keep life within us moving forward, that don't give in to the bitterness, don't give in to the hurt, don't give in to uh, the exhaustion, don't give in to the difficulty of life and how things are. And I pray, Father, that they would continue to invest and the things that will last, and the things that bring life. Lord, that you would allow us to continue to create the future that is inclusive to you and other people. And God, that you would bring healing where there has been hurt, that you would bring life where there has been death, and that you would bring resurrection in these people's situations. And we do ask these things in Jesus' name. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.